Hello. What up? Shitting. You're shitting? Yeah. Let's add John then. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Tim. Freaky freak freak freak, and joining me from Cast from Exile, who do we have? Boogie the 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 what the fuck's up? It's it's Tommy. All right, and a man who can recite kumbaya in sixteen different languages, John Holland. Fresh off a three-year tour of Eastern Europe. When you were in Eastern Europe, were they really impressed by how much you resembled that one guy from Cheers? <sighs> What's the matter? What? I don't get the far side. <laughs> what, are you, 
Let me hand it over here. Come on, let's have a look. Okay, Wood. Now you see here in the first panel, the cows are standing on their hind legs, right? The second panel, when the car goes by, they're acting like normal cows. See, the idea here is, Wood, that, uh, you know, cows only act like cows when, when we're around. Other times they act like people. You know, does that, does that help you clear it up a little bit for you? Just meant I don't get the far side in my newspaper at home, but thanks for treating me like a one year old. Because, you know, they're all about shit that came out in the United States like 30 years ago. Um, I'm not sure if they're up to cheers yet, but I was there visiting our uh, our factory, the Comet Cola factory, you know, laying down some deals, you know, making some things happen, mm-hmm. trying to get some contracts there. And, you know, it's like I, I look Eastern European enough where I can like pass, you know, if I put on like a tracksuit, knock off Adidas or Puma or something like that. So, yeah, for sure. If you drive like a, a LeBaron with the top down through the desert with the radio all the way up. Wait. Oh no! <laughs> no Maybe that's not Eastern one. European. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad country, not Eastern Europe. Maybe I'm thinking Western Asia rather than Eastern Europe. Fuck yeah, drinks and things. They drive on the other side of the road over there. But when you drink Kamakola, you can fly. You just drive right over the cars. You just fly, fly, fly <laughs> right through the windshield. That's tight. So Pro Tour Amon Ket just happened. Oh my. Oh my goodness. Return of Aetherworks Marvel. Seems to me that a lot of people were going into Pro Tour Amon Ket thinking that Mardu Vehicles was the deck to beat. And they sure as hell beat it because there wasn't a single... There was barely any Mardu Vehicles in Day 2 and zero in the top 8. Yeah, that's... There's a part of me that really wants to kind of discount this top eight because it was so meta-tuned for vehicles. Like, when you look at these uh, decks, like, all of the removal is just aimed squarely at the Mardu vehicles. And I'm actually kind of surprised that there weren't more decks playing some uh, Eldrazi or some of the, like, Gear Hulks or whatever that made it through. Because, like, those would just fucking roll over some of these that are only running, you know, four Fatal Push and a couple of Grasp of Darkness. Yeah, the Pro Tour meta is always pretty inbred also because of, you know, they're trying to tune to beat something else. Plus, it's not like a huge field. It's like all just teams of players, you know. There's like six decks they have to worry about, max. Uh, I think we did see the return of the prime aggro deck. Of course, the greatest aggressive slash tribal strategy, Mono Black Zombies. The winner of the Pro Tour. Piloted by Jerry Thompson, who's actually a pretty cool dude. To the ladies, he's Jerry T. That's right, ladies. Hands off. I've actually played against uh, this this deck archetype a little bit, and it's it's tough to deal with, especially as vehicles, because you really want to push through early damage later and then finish them with like, you know, unlicensed disintegration plus an attack from your Heart of Kieran or something, but. They swarm you so much where you're going to have to make trades just to kind of survive, and then they recur their their threats. And then the late game's just tough. It's hard to keep a Gideon alive. Yeah, but this is one of those decks I was kind of talking about because, you know, you look at his deck list here, two Fatal Push, three Grass of Darkness. Um, You know, how does he deal with some of the bigger creatures that are still out there? You know, I kind of feel bad for anyone who's going to buy this deck and try to go to FNM and just get rolled by people who are reading the meta correctly. Yeah, it seemed like Aetherworks Marvel was the other deck that they were kind of trying to battle against. So it's basically like they just had to race them in that situation. Then Marty Vehicles, they just kind of tried to out outlast them. But I, I didn't see very much control at all. Well, I don't think you need... Uh, control because you know like we're even looking at this uh temer aetherworks marvel and you know you got one torrential gear hulk in there you know you got a couple of ulmog the ceaseless hunger so you know you get those out there then what are you going to do yeah really marvel is kind of like the control deck in this format even though i would say it's more of a mid-range kind of combo deck but it does have like the kind of stuff that you typically see in control decks like you know multiple card for one removals and card draw and selection stuff like that it's weird seeing the way those matchups 
turnout because usually if you land a threat at like your local store or something like that, they'll either scoop or you just wreck them real quick. But the pros dealt with the threats pretty quickly. So it was the second, third, fourth spin that was actually the one that won them the game. And they really had to hit a couple times in a row. You saw you saw some players miss like five or six times in a row on hitting anything good. I see it like Tron almost where their top end is so fucking insane, but you just have to kill them before that shit happens. But sometimes they have the, the amazing draw where they're, you know, turn four ulamogging you. I'm telling you, I kind of feel like Mono Black is just like one card away from being almost unstoppable. Like if they put Sever the Bloodline in this next set, I mean, that's going to be really powerful. Just like one more piece, yeah. You have a card, you know, like uh, Crypt Breaker that works so good as either a control card or an aggressive card. Um, So I feel like this has much better matchups than Mardu Vehicles. Uh, the mono black zombies that is now i don't think that the vehicles matchup is very good like i don't think that this deck is going to be beating mardu vehicles very easily 100 percent of the time but all the other decks in the format you know it has the ability to go under like a teamer aetherworks deck and it has the ability to kind of play a grindier longer game because of so many recursive threats See, the thing is, I thought that I would have a favorable matchup against the Zombies, but the only real threat that I have on the ground that doesn't just trade is the, um, you know, the Nerd nerd Ape, you know, because he comes at 2-3, so he can block those 2-2s two for a little bit, but everyone else is like a 3-2 or something like that, so they're basically trading and then buying their threat back. It's tough. And then, you know, uh, Heart of Kieran wasn't doing that, that great, so I switched it back out to the 3-5 lifelink thing and just gaining that life helps me kind of like battle it but i mean they're trading cards for cards and like my you know scrap heap scrounger compared to their three zombies you know i can buy one i I really think that black white zombies is better than mono black zombies because it gives you a lot more options for removal you know the combo off of the uh the little wayward servant thing isn't really that much you know but maybe you run it but i mean the real thing is that you get anguished on making there and uh you know maybe some other stuff that can exile the problem also is that they have so many lord effects in the in the deck. They run the enchantment that, that lords the zombies, and then they run the the accursed zombie guy as well. So, real quick, they're three three zombies, and then that's really hard to deal with from the the vehicles deck because now my two three isn't even blocking favorably anymore, and it spirals downhill very quickly. You know, it's spiraled uphill since this pro tour, though. That's the price of fucking relentless dead man. Segway of the month goes to Sid Swan. Damn, two in a row, Sid. Oh, man. I Like, it's crazy to Boy, see that me. this card is finally seeing play um, after, what, almost a year of being in standard. Nobody played it. And now it's like the new hot thing. Now, what really shocked me is that we didn't see any of the new Gideon card in uh, the Pro Tour Top 8, it looked like. Well, you know, it's funny because none of these uh, black ones are running Relentless Dead either. But, you know, that just seems to be like, uh, I, I think people are maybe overvaluing it a little bit, you know, compared to other, some of the other zombies. Yeah, my buddy at FNM runs the list, but then he running Relentless Dead. And it it's too expensive to do it. And you has, it's like, it's circumstantial, so it like has to die. And then he has to have mana to like buy another zombie back out of the graveyard and... You know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that have to happen, you know? It's kind of weird because it's like there's zombies right now, but there's not a lot of graveyard interaction, you know? And if you had more graveyard interaction, then Relentless Dead would probably be better. Well, they have that one card for one black. You can exile three cards out of out of their graveyard, and you can cycle it away if you don't want it. But that would be a good mirror card to bring in if you were the zombies deck. But the uh, the one that's really paying off is the one-on-one black enchantment that they lose a life and you gain a life every time they... A creature enters the battlefield. Trespasser's Curse. One and one black. Enchant player. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under enchanted player's control, that player loses one life, and you gain one life. Because if they played against a zombies deck, that's all they're doing is, is trading early and replaying the thing, but you just drain them out. So, I mean, any deck like Mardu, I could run those in my sideboard to, to play against the zombie zombie deck. 
So which zombie deck do you think is better? This current zombies deck we have or the one from the last standard that had like Haunted Dead and um, Prized Amalgam, that zombies deck? Why don't they run those still? I think that that's mostly a um, for like an emerge target and stuff like that. But that does seem weird that they don't that that deck's not around anymore. Maybe it's because the new stuff from Amonkhet makes the aggressive type of zombies more powerful than the combo zombies. Yeah, I just think Prized Amalgam is so great. I mean, just get him in your graveyard. I mean, trade, trade, trade all day long with that guy. Well, there's there's just too many ways to get rid of it from the graveyard in standard or to pick it out from a library or hand or whatever. I mean, it, it's it's like one of those things where it had a hot minute and then it got even hotter in modern, but then people just figured out how to you know, fish it out because if you literally only have to prevent it from hitting the graveyard. So that's a pretty low threshold in this standard. There's quite a bit of exile effect. So I'm going to be running, I'm going to be expecting zombies. I'm going to be running, uh, um, magma sprays main deck. And then I'm going to run some of those enchantments that burn them. You doing game jade, John. So are you still going to be playing Mardu vehicles? Yeah, I think it's the most powerful deal. It's got a lot of uh, sideboard options. You know, I mean, I could even run the, uh, what's the Converge one, and then Exiles there, guys. Radiant Flames, does that Exile, or is that just kill? It it doesn't. It doesn't Exile. Uh, well, that's fucking poop. I need some of that Exiles. Yeah, the the best underrated card against Zombies right now is, uh, what is that, Pillar of Stone? Oh, you're talking about Declaration in Stone? Yeah, declaration in stone. I mean, that's that's oh, that could be the hot fire right there. I mean, you just fucking hang on until they've done you know whatever they need to do to dump a shit ton of zombies on the board, and then you just freaking get rid of them all. I love it. One card, two mana. It's a good call. It's a good call. I like it. If you do the tokens, they don't even get a clue. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and I kind of feel that's way like i i don't think that this mono black zombies thing is going to stick around for too long because it's it's just too there's i mean i hate to say that it's too simple but i mean i just really don't think that there's enough room in there for you to have the things you need to do to fend off some of the other decks if people try to play these these pro tour decks they're going to get run over because it's going to be too easy to like i mean it, it they they violate like Sid's number one rule in that they run four of Liliana's Mastery and four Dark Salvation. So that's eight cards autom- eight slots automatically that are just taken. Seems pretty bad, man. I don't know. I I did manage to win the Pro Tour, but then again it wasn't that long ago that we saw a Grixis control deck take down the Pro Tour at a Pro Tour Kaladesh. And from what I saw, that deck never showed up ever again. So, you know, this could be another case of the flash in the pan uh, deck that won the Pro Tour, but I really hope not, because I think zombie aggro is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think people have been wanting zombies to come back. So, I mean, now that it's playable, I think a lot of people will try to try to work it. It's just, I feel like Mardu has, has so many more sideboard options or even options to modify the main deck, whereas Mono Black Zombies, you almost have to run you know, the best zombies, obviously, but then there's very few other options, you know? Yeah, I mean, what do you do about an Aetherworks Marvel that hits the board when you're a mono-black deck? Uh, It's probably nothing. I think that the white-black one might have some better answers, better sideboard possibilities with Fragmentize and stuff like that, but the mono-black one, you're pretty much all in on your plan of just trying to swarm some zombies and outlast board wipes and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with having just like, you know, freaking one mountain in your board or whatever and fishing it out with some evolving wilds or whatever. And then you can pull some of those sideboard stuff in there to deal with other things or just one planes to, uh, you know, deal with Aetherworks Marvel somehow. I mean, so, I mean, I don't think it's entirely possible. Yeah, they have the one that like you can name a card and search their hand and library for it or some shit like that. And then. But I don't think that can hit Aetherworks Marvel. I think it just hits the Ulamog, so then you have to like name their threats one at a time. Lost Legacy. Well, there's that... Uh, yeah, it's a non-black, or it's a non-artifact card you gotta name. Yeah, that one doesn't work for artifacts. Yeah, that sucks. They, they have all the like Thoughtseize-type effects, or, like two mana or three mana, Transgress the Mind, maybe. As far as I know, that's probably the only one that is standard playable right now. Um, especially the main board 
Because there's a lot of matches where a transgress the mind is even going to be bad. Like, what are you going to do when you're going against zombies? You're going to get rid of their Liliana's mastery and still get killed by all their, like, two-in-one drops? Nah, it doesn't seem good. Well, also criminally underrated is uh, to the slaughter because it's an instant and conditionally that will get rid of a heart of current or something like that. And if you actually hit, then they've got to get rid of that Gideon as well. So uh, that one's probably going to have a nice little bounce after this. Cool. All right. I have a couple news stories. All right. Yeah. Uh, are these news stories or are these like things you're trying to hide from the FBI again? These are news stories. <laughs> All right. So the first news story is that I'm growing fungus um, mushrooms and I'm going to sell them. No, I'm just kidding. So my first news story is Rocky River, Ohio. Um, this happened uh, May 11th, a couple days ago. So what happened was there was a car accident where a man crashed into half-naked driver crashed into a liquor store. And he got out and he started trying to loot it. And he's naked. Yeah, they, they actually have a name for that kind of crime. It's called smash and grab. Like you can see all kinds of videos on the internet of like, you know, they drive into the front of the store and then just like a mob of people comes in and grabs shit. Oh, I guess he plowed through a food mart. It was a convenience store and he was wearing nothing from the waist down. He crashed through this early Sunday and he told it, he told the worker he needed beer. Just when I thought the story couldn't get any lamer, suddenly it does. It's not a liquor store. It's a food mart. Okay, so you used to live in Ohio, John. Can you buy beer on Sunday? I, I have never lived in Ohio. That is slander. Um, I have no idea if you can buy beer in Ohio on Sunday or not. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody like who will sell you. from Ohio. Oh, please. That fucking state. <laughs> oh, no, wait. You're from Illinois. That's right. You're from the same yeah, place as fucking Sex yeah, Panther. Not, not that goddamn freaking... Sorry. Godless, it's just... Ohio. They're both flyover states, man, so, you know, it's hard to tell them apart sometimes. You, you want to know why I hate Ohio so much? It's not a football thing. It's not anything. It's that both my parents are from Pittsburgh, so every summer we'd have to drive from Illinois all the way to Pittsburgh, which is on the western edge of Pennsylvania. And, like, the worst part of the drive is you have got to drive straight through the fucking middle of Ohio, and it takes for fucking ever. So fuck you, Ohio. Yeah. Next story. So, I mean, did, so the guy probably went to the store and saw this sh- sign that said, no shirt, no shoes, no service. And he's like, well, I've got my shirt on, I've got my shoes oh, on, my but beard. I've got no pants or underwear. And they told him, hey, we can't serve that. And be like, dude, the sign outside doesn't say anything about fucking pants. So I feel like he's kind of justified in, you know, doing what he did. I think he fucking fell asleep or something. And then he kind of like was like, what the fuck? Um... I think, all right, so the next one is, there's an IHOP waitress, May 10th. Uh, an IHOP waitress was arrested Friday morning for allegedly pulling a steak knife on a New York family after an argument over poor service. Police said the waitress, Rhonda Kelly, pulled the knife on a family of four, including two special needs children, both under the age of four. The mother said uh, she and her family received poor service at the Pancake House. Oh, God, what do you guys think about this? As a waiter, there are so many times when I wanted to pull a knife on a guest, but I never did. You know, you just okay. got to resist that urge sometimes because some restaurant customers are straight up dickheads. Now, I want to know more about this story. I want to know what led up to this uh, Rhonda person pulling the knife because I bet that they don't say how bad of a customer that they were being. Okay, here's what I don't get. How can you tell if a kid is younger than four if it's a special needs kid or not? Unless it's like, you know, born deaf or something like that. Because if they were super special, they wouldn't be in an IHOP. They just like couldn't handle it. So where do they get off saying that these four-year-olds are special needs? Oh, you, you mean they can't tell that they're special needs? I thought you said you, they couldn't tell they're four years old. I was like, well, that's not hard to tell. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of calling bullshit on some of this. And somebody that claims that their kids are special needs in an IHOP and is disputing and wants to speak to a manager, they probably deserve to get a knife pulled on them. Right. They are probably just trying to make it sound as worse, like the worst fucking shit ever. Right. Bro, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, having worked at IHOP, the steak knives there 
aren't the kind that are like really pointy and could actually injure right. somebody. They're like the serrated ones with the with the uh, rounded off edges, you know, well, the types that they would give to a special needs person. Well, it didn't say that it was an IHOP steak knife. So maybe girlfriend just walks around with like, you know, a real steak knife and for situations just like this, like in her purse, she's like, yeah, my steak knife, pull out old trusty. Have you ever known trusty Betsy? Have you ever known a woman that like sleeps with a knife under the pillow? Have you guys ever encountered that? No, John, tell us more. I heard Angelina Jolie sleeps with a knife in her yeah, bed, is, but that wouldn't stop is, me from laying down with her. This is surprisingly common. It is more common than you might think. Start asking all of your female friends, and you will find a bunch of them that sleep with knives either under their pillow or like in their pillow or like in a nightstand or something like that. Tell us about the time when you found the, the knife or you found out the girl was sleeping with a knife. Oh, okay. Well, this is like... Um, I'm trying to find a way to kind of make the story like shorter, but anyway, it was, there was this girl I worked with and, um, there's this one weekend where like she's getting up and she's getting ready or whatever. And she thinks she sees somebody downstairs. So she like, you know, yells at him and like nothing happens. And, uh, you know, so she like, you know, goes in the closet, calls 911 with her, with her fucking knife, you know? And so like, you know, the cops come over there like real fast, like, and everything. And they like clear the house and there's like nobody there. And it turns out that what she thought was a person was really her coat rack down there in the foyer. So there really wasn't a person. And then it's like, okay, well, wait, what's this about like you and the knife and everything? She's like, oh yeah, yeah. I like sleep with a knife in a pillowcase next to me. And it's like, no fucking way. Oh, yes, fucking way. <laughs> and so then it gets down into, um, so how many other people? And like, we do a little poll in the office, and sure as shit, it was like seven out of 10 women slept with a knife or something like that really close to them. God, do women like sleep in desperate fear of men just coming in and raping them at all times? <laughs> dude, have you ever heard of the Lifetime channel? Like, I didn't. God, I'm so glad I'm a dude. What kind of fucking horrible life is that that you can't even fucking lay down in your own bed? For fear of being raped. So you have to have, like, a weapon next to you. That sucks, dude. That's ridiculous. God, that's crazy. I didn't know that it would be that many. That's like some prison shit, man. I sleep with a shank in my bunk just in case somebody visits in the night. You know? Fucking A, dude. Well, they say one in five women will be raped or attempted rape. But um, in their own home? In their own bed? Breaking in? I mean, that's that's got to be rare. Yeah, but man fuck customers that say they got bad service though if literally like some people are so fucking picky you know when they go into some places yes you know a lot of people that work in the food service industry are shitty people and probably work there because they couldn't find anywhere else that would hire them and for some places like IHOP, the uh, hiring qualifications are really loose, man. But I find that it's best if you're getting really shitty service to just walk out, man. You don't got to make it a whole thing. You don't got to like call the manager over and there, it doesn't need to get elevated to the point of some a waiter having to pull a knife on you. If you're getting really bad service, guess what? You can get your ass up, get into your fucking car, and leave the IHOP and go to the Waffle House and see if you have there better you luck go. over Amen. there. Amen. Preach on, Brother Sid. All right. So these girls that sleep with a knife, I got, I'm got. i stuck on this. This is crazy. Um, So aren't they – don't you think those girls have like a few angry boyfriends or they're totally bitchy to some guys and they're like, well, maybe I have a reason – to sleep with a knife? No, not at all. And and I'm telling you, like, you're making it out to be, like, some kind of, like, conditional thing. And I'm here to tell you, man, this is not a conditional thing. This is, like, you know, how many of you, uh, I don't know, brush your teeth in the morning? And then, you know, there's always going to be that one guy. Well, I never brush my fucking teeth. You know, but you're going to find, yeah, seriously, Google this shit. You're going to find it. But it just it intrigues me. Like, you think it's because women are smaller or they feel weaker or, like, they feel, like, threatened? It's because there's... Because I have a small dog and he's not... He's, like, 
the most fiercest of all my dogs. It's because it gives them the feeling of security for whatever reason they need to feel security. So there's your answer. Well, ladies, give me a call. I got big, strong arms. I'll come over and make you feel secure. Just don't don't stab me. I roll around a lot in my sleep, and I tend to, like, fuck with my pillows a lot. Like, my pillow will get all smushed up on one side. So I, like, pull it up all quick and fluff it, then slam it back down and slam my head back down to sleep. If I was, like, doing that at someone's house who had a knife in their pillowcase... I could get seriously hurt. They could have a lawsuit on their hands. One of the things you're forgetting is what is the number one thing that all women have on their bed? A fucking fuck ton of fucking pillows, right? So the probability that they're actually putting the knife in a pillow they sleep with is probably not really that high. Yep. They move all the stuffed animals off the bed and move the knife before you get on the bed. You're like, okay. You know, Tim, as the single person here, if you were hooking up with a chick that you met on Tinder and like you were smashing her and all of a sudden you like accidentally slip your hand under the pillowcase and slice your hand on a knife, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue to smash or are you filing a lawsuit? Nah, I would think she's super kinky. I'm kind of into that shit, man. Uh, I'd bust up the candles and wax play. No, that would freak me out. Seriously. John, you said that girls sleep with knives. I mean, that was that was shocking to me. I didn't expect. I just It just seems weird to me. I, I just, it, I don't know. I, it kind of makes sense now, but I mean, it was just weird. Last story. Chicago police officer, um, he was caught shoplifting for the second time, and they allowed him to keep his job. I think, I think this is a good thing. If, you know, it's good to, like, give people second chances and third chances. What do you think, guys? I personally have two shopliftings on my record, and I'm not proud of it, you know, and have since mended my ways, but I found that the stigma of having a theft on your record preventing you from having a job or getting the kind of job you want is really the... That's really the punishment there, man. You may spend a night in jail. You may spend up to two weeks in jail. But once you get out of jail, that shit's over, man. And you never have to go back to that. He kept his job, though. He's He, he gets to keep his job as a police officer, though. I mean... I don't think that's fair, man. I think that if uh, a, a theft conviction on my record stops me from being, you know, a freaking, you know, assistant manager at a restaurant or something, it should definitely stop a cop from being someone who's supposed to uphold the law, man. Yeah, I agree. I was sarcastic about giving second chances. I think I think this we should be the moral judges, essentially, of our society, and they should uphold the law, number one, before they enforce it. Dude, it's not like it was Judge Dredd who got caught. I never broke the law! I am the law! Yeah, well, they should be able to execute people in the streets, but we'll talk about that later. I don't know, man. I just think that's really bullshit, dude, because the fucking uh, conviction of a theft has followed me around and caused me so much problems. Um, I think for at least seven years, he should have to uh, do what people with that kind of record do and have to fucking get some shitty job like flipping burgers and shouldn't be allowed to have uh, a career that our tax money pays for, man. I mean, at some point, like... You've got to hold people accountable for the things that they did. And I'm having to still pay for my mistakes I made in the past. And I feel like if that's the way I'm treated, then yeah, fuck yeah, the police should be treated like that too. All right. Her name is Cherry Hendricks. And the first incident, she was caught stealing reading glasses and coffee. And the second incident, she was caught stealing vitamins from Whole Foods. Now, um, I think it's just... It's like an addiction, almost, it sounds like. It's not even, like, good things. It's like a pack of Tic Tacs or some shit. It's just like after you do it a thousand times, somebody's like, hey. Well, she's she's a girl, so of course she's going to get away with it. Duh. I can't. She's got a knife under her pillow. You want to tell her she's fired? I can't wait till like, I'm an old fucking man. I'm just going to shoplift like crazy, and then people catch me and be like, I, I don't know where I am, you know. It's going to be great. My fucking kids are going to hate me. Okay, um, elderly onset dementia is not funny. And what kind of fucking cop name is Cherry Hendricks? That sounds like a fucking 
shitty stripper yeah, name. It's like the the freaking name says stripper, but the thing she stole screams soccer. All right, John, do you have a video? But you're right, dude. Shoplifting does become part of an addiction, man, because the fucking adrenaline thrill you get from shoplifting, to me, that was like kind of the most reason that I did shoplifting was to get that. It's like a thrill-seeking type of deal, man, which sounds really stupid and like, like shallow and childish, but it's almost like skydiving. Or, you know, having sex with a crack whore without a condom on. You know, it's just the, the thrill and the danger of what could happen. It's like TPing somebody's house or something in the middle of the night until somebody TPs your house. And then you're like, what the fuck? Ooh, it's like uh, taking one of those pens from the bank and then they're like, oh, where'd my pen go? And you're like, hee hee hee. I still do that. Is that, is that bad? <laughs> John, did you play any cool video games this week? Um, actually, funny story, I have played, like, zero video games this week. True story. All right, I'm gonna call out a video game of the week. I'm gonna give a shout-out to the Halo series. Now, Halo 5 came out, and throughout the whole video game, Master Chief is only in, like, 20% of the game. So, you, like, the storyline kind of followed, like, this group of, like, ragtag, like, new soldiers or whatever, and it went down in sales. So, they brought in a new new lead designer, and then they're going to go ahead and bring back Master Chief. It's going to be all about Master Chief and Halo 6, and it's going to be sweet. So I'm really anticipated. It's not going to be make E3 uh, 2017, but they've already been working on it for over a year, so it's going to be fucking sick. I'm, I'm excited. So I realized that they did that before with the Halo 3 ODST. That was a Halo game that had virtually no master chief but it was still really fun yeah i liked odst probably more than halo 5 but i also didn't like it as much as the other series i liked being master chief for some reason and it's like him saving the world or like dragging a bomb it's like everything seems so epic when you're that character whereas the other ones it was kind of just like you felt you knew it was a video game you're almost like a disposable robot running in yeah, I could, I could see what you're saying there, man. Plus, Master Chief, you know, he's a real Spartan fighter, so he has all those extra kind of enhancements that make the game a little bit more, like, believable that he'd be able to take on that mini Covenant because he's supposed to be some kind of awesome warrior. If you're just some job guy, you know, that just got out of basic training, like, how the fuck are you supposed to be able to take out, like, an elite or a brute? Right, you know, it's like, just because your suit, maybe, you know, but it, it really made Master Chief like a superhero, I don't know, but they're doing that again, I'm excited about it, Sid, video game of the week? Yeah, my video game of the week is Rayman Legends, uh, it's an older game that came out back in 2014, but I'm just now starting to play it, uh, Rayman, you know, is one of the old platformer characters who's made his debut, like, at the first PlayStation, I think they had it on Sega Saturn and Atari Jaguar. And he's like this cool dude that none of his limbs are attached to his body. So he's like a floating torso, a floating head with some hands and feet, but he has no arms or legs. And they got me to thinking, do you think that Rayman's dick is just like the head of his dick and there's no actual shaft like attaching it? I'm, I wrote Ubisoft to find out, but they haven't replied yet. See, I think his limbs don't appear unless until they get large enough or like stretched enough. So I think like he'll pull his pants down, there'll be nothing there, and then once he gets a boner, you'll see the head of it, or like it'll be like bing. You know, I think it's going to be invisible if it's tiny. Personally, but yeah, Rayman Legends has been pretty cool. Um, it just goes to show that. The 2D platformer is still totally fun, even though I guess it is a bit of an antiquated genre now, uh, you know, especially with, you know, 1080p graphics. But there's something about just firing up an old uh, 2D platformer and just trying to get your character from the left side of the level to the right side of the level. That's still a whole lot of fun to me, man. Yeah, I liked Rayman. I didn't like when they moved into 3D and then you got games like Spyro. Um, Crash Bandicoot was okay. But I, you know, the Mario Brother franchise 
kind of really mastered that back in the day. The whole running 2D side scrolling collect coin type type deal. But I like Rayman. I thought I thought it was there's some cool cool new twists. Yeah, and then this one, uh, one of the cool features about it, and this is a spoiler to anybody who hasn't played it yet, uh, at the end of every stage, there is a, um, what I would call like a speed intensive level where you're basically just trying to run and you don't get a chance to stop or anything. And all of the songs are synced up to old music. Uh, So for example... Uh, the end of stage one, um, Teensy's in Trouble, is a thing called Castle Rock. And you're running along the parapets of a castle as it's being destroyed by cannons to the rhythm of Black Betty by Ram Jam. It's a lot of fun and actually really fun. Damn, that sounds really cool. I love that song. Oh, Black Betty. You know what game was ruined by side-scrolling action, I think? But I guess they, you know rebounded apparently uh zelda the first zelda game the overhead view and then the second one uh it was overhead view until like you ran into trouble or something and then it was like side scrolling but that game did not do well it's it's not one of my favorites i just i don't know i thought are you talking about legend of zelda 2 for nes yeah link to the past or uh right no, or, uh, I think Link to the Past was uh, top down. This was like Link's Adventure, I think is what it was called. And yeah, I remember that. That was super weird. And I think I was one of the only people that at the time probably appreciated it because I hadn't ever played a Zelda game before. So to me, like a side-scrolling adventure game, that's how action-adventure games were supposed to be. But, you know, when you actually play one of the top-down Legend of Zelda games, it's so much better. So much better. And I think uh, right around the time Castlevania was was big, so that did it so much better. And you're like, oh, man. And, like, you'd bounce off a creature and be like, boing, boing, and shit. It'd be, like, weird. Uh, not a fan. It was tough, too, because I was a little kid at the time. So the game was super intensive on, like, where you had to go and what you had to do to unlock things. So it's like, I just played the first couple, like the first castle, like a lot. Or the first fucking cave. I think John fell asleep. John, what do you want to talk about, buddy? Yeah, I did. First off, I can't believe that Tim admits that he has a uh, Xbox one. <laughs> yeah, I got an Xbox. Cause that's, that's freaking shameful. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, uh... So here's the thing. When I was trying to decide what console I was going to buy for this generation, a lot of factors came at play. And the deciding factor for me, finally, between Xbox One and PS4, was the fighting game that was available for it. And Xbox One had Killer Instinct, which we've talked about previously on Magic and Hash. And the PS4 had Street Fighter V. So I chose the Street Fighter because I just thought that maybe I would like Street Fighter more than Killer Instinct. And I'm starting to think I was wrong because Street Fighter V was really lame. Well, when I was a teenager, I I really loved PlayStation because the games were adult. They were like scary, horror intensive. And then Nintendo was like the kiddie one. And then Xbox came out, which was kind of like the mid-level. They had, you know, the horror games and they had like the fun cartoony games. So I really loved xbox just for that reason because you you could get a little bit of both worlds but uh playstation is i guess more fancy i would say but it's also i don't know it's, a lot of the games aren't as fun i think personally well so you have like exclusive titles which are games that are exclusive to each system so for Xbox, you get, of course, Halo, because Halo's never going to be on PlayStation, dude. And then for PlayStation, you got a lot of weird stuff. Like, it used to be they had PlayStation games, like Twisted Metal that was made by Sony, or God of War that was made by Sony, or even Parappa the Rappa, you know? You couldn't get that on any other system, and there was no other game out like that at the time. But now they have, like, weird kind of franchises like Horizon Zero Dawn, well, um, which looks like a really sweet game. I'm planning on getting that soon. But 
don't know, man. Like, which which console has the better exclusive properties? That's uh, that's what I'm thinking. I think Xbox probably does. But like, uh, play, play. Oh, get the fuck out! I hear. Well, all right. So I also have a daughter. So the the kid games for PlayStation is like Little Big Little Big Planet. What? So, I mean. I mean, that's still a little hard for her. So, like, with the with the Mario, like, Nintendo stuff, I can get her, like, any game, and she can kind of, like, wobble around on it. Xbox, I still have, like, probably 20 titles that are reasonable, and then PlayStation gets its fewer, you know? I like... Okay, so you're straight up going to tell me that the exclusives on for Xbox are better than the exclusives for Nintendo, which is pretty much everything. I guess Nintendo... Ni- Nintendo's all exclusive. All right, John. I want you to tell us why Xbox is horrible. I want you to bury Xbox right now. Because it seems like you don't like Xbox okay. at all. And I want to know it's, why. It's, it's not even so much that I don't like Xbox. It's just like such a freaking... I don't know. <laughs> but like... um, Okay, so right now, name one game that's an Xbox One exclusive that you are excited to play. That's actually been announced, like, not this, like, you know, Halo 5 coming out in fucking 2023 or something. I don't know what it's called, but it's, uh, it's the one with, uh... Oh, it's so exciting. The dinosaurs that are robots? Okay, that's a PS4 explosive. That's a PS4 one. That's Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, I thought that's what you said. No, that's Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm talking about name one on the Xbox. Halo is the only reason I bought Xbox originally, because I love Halo. And, and, yeah, and, okay, so how many... How many Halo Gears games of War. are... Gears of War? Shh, shh, Tim. Tim. I'm talking about... <laughs> Gears of War! 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 Oh, Gears of War. Okay, name me one upcoming game that you were excited about on the Xbox One. Prey. I don't know if it's an exclusive. Isn't that on PlayStation yeah, already, it's not like everything. It's not exclusive. <laughs> All right, well, I'm looking forward to it because I have an Xbox One. Well, Killer Instinct... Killer Instinct, the reboot of Killer Instinct. That's the only game I could think of that would be on Xbox One. That would be better. Yeah, I mean, it's like there are literally no games for this damn thing. It costs way too fucking much, you know, when they first released it. There's like nothing exclusive for it. It's such a like the thing I hated the most about my Xbox 360 was like the online stuff. And it's even worse under the Xbox One. So there's like no fucking way in hell I'm going to buy that brick. What about Titanfall? Wasn't Titanfall a game that was only for Xbox or is that on PS4? Yeah, and it was hot for like about, you know, two weeks and then it kind of stopped. And they've, they've like actually released a second Titanfall and like nobody. I mean, like, did you hear about it? I mean, come on. Nah, not really. That's so weird, though, because it seems like games these days do have diminishing returns compared to, like, games even, like, five years ago. Well, Assassin's Creed, is that on every system? Yes. Yeah. But you take a game like Titanfall or, like, Doom, there's nothing wrong with those games. Like, Doom, I thought, was a really sweet video gaming experience. But if you want to play online, the online meta for Doom, at least on PlayStation, is, like, virtually non-existent. It takes forever to find a match on Doom. And it eventually led to me unsubscribing from online play on the PlayStation because, you know, I just... there I had nothing to play on there. Now, you have games like Grand Theft Auto that have, like, a huge community that people have played constantly since it came out and are showing no signs of slowing soon. But that's like a one in 1,000 type of deal there. Like, you buy a game now, you can only count on it being relevant and playable for like three months tops. Yeah, you're right about that. No other reactions. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything else to go with that. <laughs> okay, well, because this is possibly the boringest and dumbest conversation I've heard since the last time we talked, I actually had a decent thought, or what I thought was a decent thought, and you all can just freaking butcher me for it. Okay, Okay, so I actually thought of a way that you could make the two worst things about Battle for Zendikar actually decent and exciting, like in the future. Sounds good. What do you got? Okay, so everybody agrees the two dumbest freaking things are totally both The Gatewatch and Devoid. There's no argument there, right? So, uh-huh. so I was thinking, you know, what if in the future 
we go to a plane that's kind of like, you know, an evil mirror mirror universe. Okay. And on that plane, like the colors that are in the color pie can't use their primary or secondary uh, affinities. You get what I'm saying? So, like, kind of like Twisted Color Pie when we had the cube on MTGO not that long ago, where all they had like red card draw spells and light kill spells and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, everything's like all that. mixed up. Kind of like that. Like a Bizarro Jace Watch or something? Like a Bizarro Superman? Well, here's my thing because I know that they would be too much of pussies to actually like put a beard on Jason, make him evil or something like that. But, um, so I was thinking what you do is that you send the Gate Watch there. But what you do for the cards is you make them cards that are like of their enemy color and use the mechanics for that color that kind of fit in with like, you know, their personality. So, for example, you would have a mono red Jace, but like his abilities are about like coin flips and about like land destruction and that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? But then you would also make it devoid, so it's not really a red card. It'd be like one red and then three colorless or whatever. Ah, oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. Like, we take Jace, and, but this Jace has a goatee. And instead of being supernaturally smart, he's supernaturally dumb. No, not... Am I, am I, no, 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 no. It's the same <laughs> Jace. It's the exact same Chase, but like he shows up on this plane and bam, he can't access blue mana. You know, he can't do his mind sculpting and all that shit. So how does Jace adapt? Well, you know, now he's like red or whatever, because that's the enemy color. So his plus one would be like, you know, flip a coin. You know, if you get it correct, then scry two, you know, or something like that. You know, and then like, because he can only do red color things. You see what I'm saying? Dude, I'm pretty much down for any uh, card that says flip a coin. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking, like, for Gideon, like, instead of being a white soldier guy, like, his zero activity would be, he would be, like, a, you know, 5-5 zombie that can totally be killed, but instead of going to the graveyard, he goes back to your hand. Oh, okay. So would Nissa be like, uh, so Nissa would be like a blue card, and she would be focused more on the instance in sorceries rather than lands or creatures like she would care about yeah, exactly uh those kind of cards yeah which kind of plays like in it. because she's green you know but she'd be using blue things maybe to like scry and if you hit a land then you get to put it in your hand or something like that so it's kind of the same thing but you're using that enemy colors abilities or things that it can do okay i see what you're doing here that could be a cool that could be like a cool um like a summer casual release, you know, like Modern Masters or something. It's just all like fucking the Gatewatch and Bizarro plane. Yeah. There you go. This sounds sounds terrible. And I think I think Morrow would wet himself because then you're actually staying true to the color pie without bending or breaking it, and you're educating people about, you know, all that shit that they only get to do like once every ten years in that blog. All right. Because seriously, last coin flip card was in uh, M14. What the fuck? We need more coin flips. Yeah, seriously, man. Fucking, why Why aren't we doing more coin flips? Coin flips are the shit. Do, exactly, amen. Do people carry money in their pocket anymore? What if they just made, what if we just made a block? What if we just made a block that was like, coin flips was one of the mechanics, man? You know? <laughs> Dude, there's no D2, all right? And people don't carry money in their pocket with it in the debit card day. It doesn't have to be money, dude. Anything can be a coin according to the rules. Bro, wizards could literally print money at this point. Just Yeah, you, you like the punch-out things, Tim. They could, like, print a coin on a thing that you punch out and everybody have Yeah. Oh, God. I, mean, I could see it. It's so terrible. Imagine how much money those could be worth someday. Flipping a piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's like, I don't have a coin. Who carries coin? <laughs> what is this, 1980, and I need to call home or get on a bus? <laughs> oh, man. I can't be the only one that doesn't carry, like, fucking money in my pocket, right? Uh, I mean, I do, but only when I'm on my way home to put that money into the giant tin of freaking coins that I never there touch unless I'm really, really broke. <laughs> 
Yeah, like 20s, 20s, 50s and stuff like that. But I mean, a quarter? A dime? What? <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. What? But yeah. besides coin flipping, what are some other, like, often not used but very fun type of mechanics that they should bring back? Oh, let's see. Um, land destruction for one. We need more land destruction, like affordable land destruction, not this crazy shit that they put at like rare. You know, where it costs like eight to destroy one mountain. Well, what about clash? Do you remember clash, where you would reveal the oh, top, yeah, where you would both reveal the top card of your library and highest converted mana class win? How cool is that shit? Amazingly cool. All right, so what do you think the second set of Omnicad's going to talk about? They're obviously going to be in Egypt. Or what, what do you think will be the returning mechanics? Like Exert? Didn't I talk about that last episode? I think Threshold yeah, is going to yeah, be threshold. in this one. Well, no, I'm talking about returning mechanics. Because like, usually the first set will have some of them that return in the second set. Oh, I think it's going to be Embalm, dude. Like, Embalm is the coolest. Yeah, Embalm is so going to be in because there's going to be, like, Mythic Rares and shit with that, just kind of like with uh, the Shadows over Innistrad block. I really want them to go, like, all in on Embalm in the next set. And I think that this is going to be... I'm going to say that we're going to see, like, another one of Bolas's bitches in this one, so possibly Sarkhan or maybe a new... Um, Planeswalker that's working for Bolas, and I feel like we're also going to see a lot of Bolas type cards. Uh, since this is, you know, the world that Bolas is from, we might see an Augur of Bolas reprint, or, uh, you know, like Elder Mastery or Slave of Bolas. Remember Slave of Bolas? How cool was that card? It's pretty dope. Augur of Bolas is probably. My favorite. He's just cheap and does what he want. What you want him to do? Yeah, him and Delver were like such good friends, yeah, I'm, man. They I'm were, gonna bet best homies. big money that there is absolutely zero Bolas in the second set because they've got that supplemental, and there's no real reason. So it'll be one of these things like, don't cry, John. Don't cry. Don't cry, John. Like he shows up. <laughs> he shows up and the gate watcher's like oh shit Bolas and then like you know some new random fucking blue jackass is like oh but the science fair's in danger from rats I mean gremlins um come on Jace watch let's do this and that's totally what's gonna happen there's no science fair anymore that was wasn't that Kaladesh or is Amit yeah no this is all about taking the trials the trials to prove yourself um hey remember the last time we had to do trials back in uh, dragon's maze and how Theros. terrible oh, wait, no <laughs> no <the> fucking <laughs> dragon's maze and how terrible oh man why'd you have to remind me of that i had since blocked that memory out like a horrible traumatic you remember how everybody's like oh god Niv, Niv is, it's gonna become a planeswalker it's gonna be awesome blah 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 and it was like the worst fucking thing ever it was, dude. It really was. Voice of Resurgence was a cool card, though. They should reprint that. Oh, it's about that time, Sid. You got some leftovers. What are you doing with it? Hey, dog. I'm going to, first of all, eat all of the stuff that I like, but then the rest of the stuff, I'm going to wrap it up for the family. All right. Where can we find you, Sid? Uh, you can check me out over on the Twitters at the Sid Meister. Um, and of course, check us out on over at patreon.com forward slash magic and hash, where you can give us your money. And in turn, you will get access to the show early, uh, exclusive merchandise and some other Patreon only benefits that I can't even tell you about here because it's a secret. But if you want to get in on that Amazing secret, benefits. come on over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash magic and hash. Um, and then if they are awesome benefits. John, I have a Spartan helmet on, on, the, on the way to you, John. I got a Spartan helmet on the way to you. Microsoft. It's coming. Uh, yeah, you can you can find me on the PlayStation Plus network. I'm the guy that uses the PlayStation 4 to watch movies. Seems well worth it. Sidley? Totally not. 
Sid from Exile is my gamer tag, but I'm not on PlayStation Network anymore because there's nothing to play on there. I'll check you out still. You have those nude pics still up? Yeah, yeah, of course, dude. That's like the whole draw of, you know, having a fucking PlayStation. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter, Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up, we'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. Alright, if you follow me or are in the Magic Nash Facebook group, you know I have been entering into a rap contest. I want to give a shout out to Smizzy. If you don't know him, I recommend you check him out. He's a supreme legend in the biz. Here's a cut off his new solo album, The Cover. Here's Lucky. Go check him out. Download through iTunes, Bandcamp, or I forget, sorry.com. And all I ever wanted was a mansion by the sea A million dollars in the bank to spend on shit that I don't need Then I'll feel lucky Mitsubishi. I'm a few rolls, a phone in a house, I'm Piccadilly But that ain't sitting pretty, see pretty zip on that dark blue In the bathroom, wiping your ass with a fist of 50s And those that don't gotta think it ain't fair That they ain't rolled a dice yet to put them on the Mayfair Man, thinking about it, that would be cool Cause there's a lot of pluses to that would fucking equal And anywhere I go now, everywhere I see wolves And they don't even bother, no more with the sheep wool. Only worry about number one fucking sequel In a city full of pigeons with the eagles of an eagle I ain't bitching I'm observant Every single person in my circle Want the house up on the beach Sort of something like a turtle Man, it can get expensive Dressing up that neck of hers Doing what we gotta do To fit into the western world And if I finally saw the house And went and bought it I'd probably want something Then the pretty on my doorstep The very next day After I bought myself that Corvette That's when I'll be thinking Why the hell do I not own a Porsche yet? Meanwhile, today I almost got my car towed my fault for parking in that no-park zone Another day, another barcode If life's a game, I swear we only play it for the payment when we pass go All I ever wanted was a mansion by the sea A million dollars in the bank To spend on shit that I don't need Then I feel lucky Out of my parents' basement Now my life is light bills I'm working to make the rent And pouring thousands into music Trying to be 50 cent Now I already own what I got a need for But now I got it How come I feel I need more? Cause right now my bank account's a seesaw When actually it's something that I'd like to seesaw Like it's not good enough to go and own shoes that I have on Plus a couple thousand in the bank after I went and bought a huge fucking Macintosh That's new from the Apple store and a queen size mattress in a room I should vacuum more So I feel guilty whenever I imagine The one day the only fucking problem that I have is That people keep tracing fucking sand into my mansion When I should be happy with what I've been handed That's why when I was 19 I signed up to give a kid a sponsorship at 21 I cancelled it because it cost a bit A month later I went shopping with my girl And dropped a week's wage on her back Cause the tag on her said Orison I watched the people round her shower me with compliments On my generosity But I felt the opposite Cause while I chose to treat my girl like the goddess that she is I contributed to what I know the problem is
Shit's about to get funky. Like a drunken monkey hobbling down the street with two left feet. I believe he's being discreet, but there's no telling. He's only shelling. That swollen melon that he's selling has been swelling since last June. Well, then tell Helen her melon just came in. Rest in peace, Dr. Seuss. I'm saving myself for the first day. I lay in wait in a state to inseminate. Like a water balloon hovering above an ice skate. Did your water just break? Oh, your cycle's just a day late. Well, I tend to exaggerate. Should I masturbate? Or it's tonight and night. We turn down the lights. For late and procreate. You're right. I guess it's getting late. This true bliss exists in a single kiss. The definition of miss is to reminisce about snippets of your own bris. You don't want to fuck with Timmy. All right, Timmy. We'll give you herpes. What the fuck? Alright. I'm contagious. The virus rages in stages. Alert the sages. Send a pigeon. That shit's ageless. And herpes? Use another word, please. Like penile slurpees. My penis looks like that shit on the neck of turkeys. Like peanut butter covered in bird seed. You know what I mean?